Welcome to Streamable, the podcast about the best streaming content out there. We're going to be reviewing shows and movies from Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, Disney+, Peacock, whatever other services they come up with. So sit back, listen to our review, and then you can tell us how wrong we are on Twitter. I'm Jimmy. And I'm Brett. And together we have over 57 years of movie watching experience. Wait, we were watching movies when we were born? Shh, shut up. Do you want to lose all faith in the United States government? Then you're going to want to watch this movie. Today we're going to be going over The Report. It's an Amazon original. Mm-hmm. And starring Adam Driver that goes over the Senate investigation into the CIA interrogation and... Enhanced interrogation techniques. To- torture techniques. Okay, torture. Yeah. They, they literally black out the torture report from the movie is kind of the title yeah blacking out gets important as we realize that the eventual report is also relatively well yeah they always redact stuff but yeah it's insane the level of stuff they redact apparently so i mean my biggest concern with this movie was it was immediately overwhelmingly confusing like i was frantically taking notes and trying to pause to make sense of things yeah, this is by far the most notes I've ever seen him take on any of the movies we've reviewed. Uh, I mean, I've taken notes on some of the bad movies, trying to yeah, keep no, track of like, it. Based it's... purely on volume of notes, though. Yeah, this yeah. was a very interesting movie, but it was unnecessarily jumbled. I mean, I, I feel like they had a lot to go over, though, because it's so but much I, info. There is, but why jumble the timeline? Like, to me, that doesn't make sense from a story perspective, that you already have a confusing story with a lot of elements to it. Why fuck with the timeline to make it more confusing? I don't know, maybe they thought that if it was just a steady stream of all of this stuff, that it would be more like a like a boring, someone just turned this report into a movie type of movie. Maybe the jumblingness made it more movie-esque, I guess? I don't know, it, it was confusing. It started off in 2013 with... Dan Jones is the guy that kind of led this. Basically, Senator Feinstein set up a committee. He was on her staff, and there were two other Democrats and three Republican uh, staff me- Senate staff members as part of the Intelligence Committee, uh, pouring over CIA documents to compile this report. Right. And I don't even know what really, what really kicked it off. Well, they mentioned something about the tapes that were destroyed, right? Right, right, that's it. So yeah. there was there was a report that a bunch of tapes were destroyed by the CIA, and she's like, well, they have uh, apparently paper documents that detail all this, so go investigate. Right. But it starts in, like I said, 2013. All of that happens in 2003. Yeah, yeah. So in 2013, he's talking to this guy. It wasn't immediately clear, but we later find out it's his lawyer... Almost his lawyer. It's a lawyer that he's consulting, yeah. Uh, Explaining how he stole a document from the CIA, basically. He just... Relocated. Relocated it. (laughs) Yes, that's the phrasing he used. (laughs) And it shows him kind of do that in 2013, but then it jumps back to 2003. 
I, I like the part where whenever he leaves the building, the security guard has to ask him, hey, do you have any documentation that would be, like, have the names of CIA agents and then break the agreement between the CIA and the Senate. And then... I the night he, that he relocates the document. Well, yeah, he, they've been doing it for, like, ten years, and every time he says no, so the right, night that he relocates a document, instead of saying anything, he's just like, good night, Phil, or whatever, and then just leaves. But, I mean, he disregarded it, so it was so routine for them that he's probably like, ah, whatever, he's tired. Yeah. Um... And he does mention, like, basically it's very quickly shown that this guy made this report his life. Yeah. No, he actually, when he's talking to the lawyer, he the lawyer asks, like, did you have a girlfriend, significant other? He's like, no, I, I've worked on this report nights, weekends. And later he says, like, you can see why it's easy for them to paint a picture of you becoming fanatical and crossing the line. For sure. Yeah, because even he, even the, uh... His, like, um, co-workers, basically. One of them stops working on the report, I think, what, two years into it? Uh, I think, yeah, it was about two years. Because the Republicans were pulled off of it because of whatever bullshit politics. And the one, there was, yeah, two other Democratic senator staff members and him. And one of them was just like, this is my life and it's destroying my family, so I'm... I'm done. Yeah, she can't see her and kids. He, and she literally says, "I'm done right after Thanksgiving." He's like, "Okay, we have a couple months." And the other guy's like, "That's a week away." So he'd like so badly lost time, and the place they're in is a fucking dungeon. Yeah, that is like the worst room. It's you know literally locked, so people can't get in. Uh, no windows in the basement of the CIA. The horrible fluorescent lights. Just the worst you know, kind of office building you imagine. But anyway, let's jump back through history a little bit. So, like I said, the movie jumps around in the timeline a little bit. We'll try to keep it somewhat actually chronological. I don't know enough about this topic to say what's fact or what's not. Right. There's a couple of things that come in regarding another movie that we'll discuss that I found to be very interesting because I took most of that movie as fact, and it seems like maybe it wasn't. I assume this is a very accurate movie, but also, spoiler alert, the full report is not released, at least as far as we know, so there's got to be some gaps in knowledge. I mean, I'm sure Dan Jones wasn't able to talk about any of this. He couldn't even tell his lawyer Lawyer half of the things that he did. So anyway, after 9-11... President Bush put out a memorandum that the CIA is allowed to capture and detain suspected terrorists. Right. There is no mention of how they detain them. There is no mention of torture, certainly, or interrogation of any type. Originally, they were supposed to be basically in facilities that would follow the same rule as the Bureau of Prisons. So basically, they'd have to be in a prison equivalent to what people get in the U.S., but then, I guess, is it the CIA director? Or? No, the Secretary of State. Okay. That decides uh, that that's too constricting for them. Right. And they build black sites, which is a pretty common term. But basically, you know, they didn't want to bring people to the U.S. So they built, you know, bunkers and shit in, in these other countries in the Middle East where we were, uh, where we were pulling these guys out of. In March of 2002, a man is captured and interrogated by the FBI Abu Zubaida. Zubaida, I think. Zubaida. Yeah. And they confirm that he is the mastermind of 9 11. We later find out that that's not true at all. But 
the CIA gets really pissed about it, and they want someone in the room. So somehow they're approached by these two Air Force psychologists, which I didn't realize was a thing. I'm still not even sure if it is. <laughs> also, why were they going to the CIA if they were in the Air Force? It seemed like such a weird leap. But they basically said, we're going to be able to reverse engineer what we teach U.S. Special Forces to resist interrogation to make basically the worst interrogation possible, what they call learned helplessness. Yeah. So making someone feel helpless. And they pretty much detail waterboarding, forcing people to stay up, lights on rooms in the, 24 hours a day. The funny thing is they, they start off showing them with like these slides, and it starts off with things like, Banging their head against a wall. Yeah, but they call like, like they call like grabbing them by the neck something specific. Yeah, yeah, they have very. So yeah, all of the first parts are basically just grab them, smack them against a wall, right. slap them. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, it gets to put them in a coffin, <laughs> waterboard them, keep them awake twenty four hours a day, and play loud noise at them. Yeah, confine them in small spaces. Yeah, it it jumps to horribleness real quick. I I don't understand. Even with the fear of that time, what goes through someone's head to say, let's do that to another person? See, they don't say it in the movie, but this is what I felt like. It, like, it, it was leaning towards not just a way to like, protect the people, but maybe it was almost kind of a way for them to like get revenge on these people that they decided were involved in this. Yeah, definitely. But, I don't know. And... and Especially because, like, as we watch, and then they keep doing this to multiple people, seemingly with no results, that, like, at some point you would have stopped if it was logical. It seems more like it's visceral and you want to do this to these people. Yeah, and I mean, they talk about the these two psychologists that were involved, that they were allowed to assess the effectiveness of their own program, and... They were paid $80 million. We paid $80 million to two sociopaths to torture people for their own enjoyment, apparently. Basically. And they were super underqualified, by the way. Uh, he says later, I'll, I think I might have that in my notes, but basically one of them was like family therapy and one of them was dealing with hypertension as like their dissertation. Yeah, n nothing to deal with actual interrogation, even though they both claimed... To have thousands of hours uh, simulated yeah well, they never tortured how, they never like, interrogated anyone they have daydreams about torturing people is that what it was because that's no what it they said like. some, at one point they said something about like volunteers i don't know it was horse shit that obviously doesn't make any fucking sense how do you how do you think that someone volunteering for a fake interrogation is going to at all give you the results similar to a real interrogation it doesn't make any sense anyway um, these guys were fucking nuts and should be in prison, in my opinion. Oh, for sure. But we'll get into that. So they wanted to create this learned helplessness, and basically uh, the CIA is like, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll do whatever it takes to, to get some information. So they went over to wherever the hell Zubeda was being held and said, like, yeah, we're, we're in charge of this investigation now. And they put him in a cell with the lights on, and he was chained up. Uh, like 24-7 with loud noises playing. Yeah, sleep deprivation basically is one of the torture methods. And apparently they questioned him, and, and this is weird because it jumps around a little bit, but it says, like, I think it jumps to Driver's, uh, D Dan Jones' perspective later, reading the report, and 
saying at some point they at some point they stopped questioning him for 47 days yeah the timeline gets confusing because of the fact that it jumps back and forth it's it's a like you get a flashback to the people doing the torturing then you get like uh, him reporting it to Feinstein, or and him then, like, like doing later... the research, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. It, so it that's goes why. all over the place, which, like I said, felt unnecessary. But I think Feinstein asks him why, why, if this was working, why did they stop questioning him? Right. I mean, that question comes up a lot. If this is working or not working, why do they keep doing this thing? Right. Anyway, they apparently and again this jumps around again because they uh exaggerated his significance uh zubeda's significance in al-qaeda saying he was number three or number four basically as a means of starting the interrogation right program. They, they they need that to get the go-ahead to interrogate him using the enhanced interrogation right and i think this is again something dan jones find out during the reports anyway we won't get bogged down in a lot of those details he was Basically, there's a 21-hour gap of knowledge about what happened to him after a waterboard. Well, it's apparently the first time they did the waterboarding, they didn't even do it right. They literally started drowning him. Yeah, and I think that report came from this physician's assistant guy. Oh, yeah, because doctors aren't allowed to work on it because they swear to do no harm. So they have to get physician's assistants to be on there as medical staff. That was such a good quote. Yeah, so this guy was literally witnessing the start of waterboarding and the torture of this guy and reported it to the site director or whatever. She said, nah. He reported it to the next person up. I don't know all the chain of command there. And he's like, "Uh, if this is what we're doing, I'm done. I'm out. And he left. But then he approaches Dan Jones whatever, 10 years later, 8 years later, whatever it is. Yeah, and provides And, and basically tells him this, I think, that during this 21-hour missing gap that you have, he he died. Zubeda was drowned, and then they resuscitated him, I think. Mm. It then gets into the legal side of things. They That scene was horrible. Yeah, the legal counsel of what I don't know what he is. Basically, this guy assessed that based on what the Constitution says and all this bullshit, that the president can order torture if it doesn't cause lasting harm. Yeah, because it, it requires that it be severe harm, but severe isn't defined. The, the worst part was he uses, like, this analogy of, like, if the president says that a child's testicle should be, like, crushed and destroyed to get this information, it's fine. That's definitely something that was fabricated. There's yeah, yeah, yeah. no way but, he actually said But that. just... That's something a writer came up with for sure. <laughs> but to, that's basically the the extent of what they're doing. They're, they're looking at this and going like, yeah, we can do whatever the hell we want to these people as long as they don't die. And spoiler alert, someone dies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Jones, Dan Jones finally uncovers that, that this guy basically had cold water poured on him, left in his cell. The next morning they came back and he was dead of hypothermia. And he's saying, like, the CIA even said, this is legal as long as we don't kill anyone. Right. And they killed someone. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, they do their own investigation and find no wrongdoing. Now, this didn't come up, but this is where I strongly suspected it felt like such a coincidence that it was the next day. And Dan Jones didn't talk about this publicly. He talked about it with Feinstein. So I right, thought right. the CIA was basically watching what they were doing. 
but that never came up. It never does. That is that is suspect. Because, I mean, uh, yeah, we thought that they were tapping into their computers. Because they're supposed to be uh, working in this secure room with air-gapped computers connected to, like, a secure server. Uh, right. So that, that is that is somewhat important later, too. So they are in this room inside the CIA, but it is protected by the power of the Senate, basically. So yeah, effectively, that room belongs to the Senate. The CIA and is not allowed And they have their own server. It's not connected to the CIA infrastructure. Yeah. So... That's somewhat relevant. Uh, but the CIA does... I, I don't understand how that happened. That seems like well, a weird Later on, he does claim that the files would just disappear off of their stuff, too. Yeah. So I feel like so, it was connected. But, I mean, why wasn't that touched on in the movie? Like, that was such Maybe, a throwaway line, and it felt so obvious to me right when that happened. Like, oh, shit, the CIA is fucking watching him. But it's never mentioned. Maybe they just felt like the average viewer, and when he gets in the weeds with computer deletion and connection stuff, would get lost i mean they uh, yeah the line about the air gapped system was kind of a throwaway line most people aren't going to know what that means but yeah, that mean, was like, surprisingly funny and accurate i mean i'm the nerd who kind of got excited by the fact that their like computers literally look like they were from 2003 <laughs> like i don't think the average person would be looking at those monitors going like oh yeah that looks like the right aspect ratio <laughs> they didn't have 1080p back yeah. then <laughs> anyway so they they find that there was no wrongdoing with this death of a prisoner uh, under interrogation and then they basically say that enhanced interrogation works it did x y and z and the next day one of the other staff members comes into the room and dan jones is just absolutely like ranting off as soon as they walk in the door about all of the things that they claimed worked yeah, she literally walks in and goes, good morning, while he's, like, ranting, 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 and then he stops and goes, good morning, and then he keeps ranting. Yeah, uh, but he basically talks about how this uh, terrorist KSM was caught, according to the CIA, by enhanced interrogation techniques, but it was actually just, there was some leak on the terrorist's end, some guy that just wanted a few thousand dollars. They put him off for a few years and then finally paid him. The next day he said, I'm with KSM. And that's how they caught him. Yeah. So, yeah. I... One thing to add, though, is how, how is it ever okay for any organization to be able to go, we investigated ourselves and find ourselves innocent of all wrongdoing? That should never be allowed for anything. Well, yeah. I mean, so then the DOJ is involved later. We'll come back to that. So back on KSM, it said that he was waterboarded 183 times. And this is where the question comes in of, if he was waterboarded that much... And waterboarding works... What the fuck? Why did they have to do it 183 times? So they do say, uh, I forget if... Uh, this is shown someone in flashback. In the flashbacks, while they were interrogating KSM, these two psychologists say that every time he's talking to us, he's lying, or he's telling us what, they are, what we already know. Yeah. And he comes up with this attack in Montana, which... I instantly laughed at. I don't realize how anyone took him fucking seriously. Yeah, who would attack Montana? There's nothing in Montana. I'm sorry anyone from Montana, but you know there's nothing in your state, right? You feel it's safe It's probably there, beautiful. Yeah, but yeah. You're safe from attacks, though. There's no terrorist there's threats There's no targets there. there. No. So it just felt so insane. And the CIA at some point, I don't know that woman's position. I don't think they tell us her position. Yeah, it's kind of unclear, and it gets really confusing. Like, 
I know a fair amount of government acronyms and a little bit about the director of the CIA and how that works, but it was super confusing to me. So I feel like the average person is going to get real lost in that. Yeah, I had no idea what the hell was happening with all the positions. So there's this woman that's in the CIA. She's some kind of an agent. She was kind of acting as the site director there sometimes, but was also in Langley half the time. But she questions like, she even she was questions overseeing that, the program? Yeah, somewhat. She even questions, like, why the hell is this waterboarding supposedly working? And they're like, we don't have the intel. And she's like, aren't you supposed we're to, supposed to give intel? you intel? Your whole job is to give us intel. Well, and then they come up with this bullshit about how now they learn that he tells lies, and that's the truth. <laughs> right. She says, isn't waterboarding supposed to tell the truth? And they're like, yes, the truth is that he lies. Like, how did no one be like, what the fuck? You guys are full of shit. You're fired. Yeah, Let's try that, something that's, else. That's the part that doesn't make any sense. Well, the best part is they come back later and say the best way to interrogate someone is what we did all along, which is build a rapport with them. Kind of the opposite of torture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so... The DOJ investigates the CIA about killing the prisoner. And Dan Jones is, is looking, calling the DOJ every day, trying to figure out what's going on. Can you tell me what's going on? I'm trying to put this stuff in my report. Can you share anything? And basically the DOJ include, concludes there's, there's nothing wrong and they're not going to share anything they discussed with the Senate Investigation Committee. Well, I mean, that investigation goes on for a while, though, because the CIA also decides that while that investigation is happening... No CIA officers are allowed to talk to this intelligence committee at all. I think that's actually the DOJ that says that, but whatever. No, it I, I think matter. in the movie Semantics. they claim that according to, their, according to the CIA's legal team, they're not allowed to talk to them until the investigation is over. It's bullshit because it's the same shit that always happens. Oh, this is under investigation. I can't provide any evidence about anything else that's happening. Yeah. Anyway, so there's a really good quote here where Dan Jones talks about why he's not getting information and basically like who is to blame and how the blame just gets shifted. So let's, let's just play that real quick. Nothing. No indictments at all. No charges against Jose Rodriguez or Gina Haspel for destroying the tapes. Nothing against the CIA for torturing people. Nothing against Jim Pavitt and the others for providing misinformation. Nothing at all. DOJ says they don't have enough admissible evidence to convict anyone. You go after the contractors and they're indemnified. You go after the head of counterterrorism and he'd just say he was following orders from the CIA director. You go after the director and he, well, he would just cite the president. Then the White House would claim national security. So, yeah, he basically talks about, you know, it, it goes up the chain of command to the president and the president claims, ah, it's national security. And Yeah, and then nobody know, gets in trouble. No one gets, yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah, yeah, happened a lot. I, I, I remember that happening a lot. Yeah, and I was young when this was happened. national security, yeah. Yeah, so that was that was not okay. But then this is where I think he's going on a rant again in their little basement room, and the woman says, we've already written thousands of pages on this report. I'm done. This report's never going to see the light of day, basically, is, is part of what she says. Yeah, I think this is about a couple years in, and they have 2,000 pages of stuff that they've written. Yeah. Then we jump back to... 2004 which is when some of the pictures of torture came out yeah the rocky uh the rocky prisoners of war the american soldiers were taking pictures of right mm, 
I don't know because they said CIA and I don't know because sw- that felt I more like I the remember, military. It, I swear I remember it was the military. No, I remember, I remember that, yeah. and I don't know if that's I feel the like same it thing. Sparked it more maybe. of it because of the the treatment of them. Anyway, so they temporarily stop enhanced interrogation, and then at the time, National Security Advisor Condoleezza Rice immediately reapproves it. Yeah. And then we jump back to, again, this jumps a lot, 2011. Uh, I forget the context of this, but I basically, I think the whole section of the movie here is talking about how the torture, they knew the torture didn't work. They had opportunity to stop the torture. Both the CIA and, you know, National Security Advisor, the Bush administration. Yeah. Uh, although it is reported that Bush himself didn't know until 2006, I think. Like yeah, it was like... Five years after it had started, basically. And he was also appalled by it. Right, he condemned it, and, you know, he basically said stop. I think, you know, maybe maybe he didn't know how far it had gone and expected them to stop. Maybe he could have done more. I don't know. I don't know. We don't it need to get into the politics into the, of Bush. But yeah. it, does, it does come around later because Obama didn't want to blame the Bush administration. Well, that's because of his whole apparent run of like, oh, I'm going to be a nonpartisan or postpartisan president. Yeah. And any attack on the administration would go against that. Anyway, uh, but in 2011, Cheney said that waterboarding is not torture and that it led to the capture of bin Laden. And this is where, because they started talking about the capture of bin Laden a lot, and I just casually mentioned to jimmy oh have you seen zero dark 30 which i haven't but that movie comes in and i didn't remember that the movie starts with waterboarding but basically i looked back on it and that movie was condemned for its pro-torture kind of uh, approach i thought the movie was great i didn't i didn't realize that was potentially not factual at the time but this literally uh dan jones in this movie, looks at the screen when Zero Dark Thirty comes on and just has this, like, pissed-off look. And then he goes on another rant. I think this time he's with Feinstein talking about how the enhanced interrogation techniques had nothing to do with the capture of Bin Laden. That his... I forget how his career was involved, but basically he he proved that it, it had nothing to do with it. Yeah, I mean, because he even has, like, this whiteboard up where he has it all drawn out, and according to the CIA's version of events, they interrogated, like, eight different people that led down this chain to this guy. Right, right, he has this big whiteboard, and he's like, no, actually, they were monitoring his calls before they had any of these people. It was, yeah, it was one guy's calls that they were already monitoring. Well, it was this, yeah, it was this, the courier that led to Bin Laden, and I don't remember the details of how Zero Dark Thirty portrayed that, but I'd be curious to watch it again. Anyway, so this is 2011 when Cheney kind of defends this and everything. Dan Jones then jumps back and says, In 2008, the CIA finally assessed the effectiveness of enhanced interrogation techniques. And they concluded in 2008 that rapport building, what they had been doing before, just, you know, an agent builds a rapport with, with... Someone that's captured is more effective than than torture. That's right. Seven years of torturing people for no reason, and then they realize, oh yeah, torture doesn't. And work. then like five more years of lying about it afterwards. Oh yeah, even yeah, though yeah they've already works. said, yeah, it doesn't work. And uh, I think Feinstein asks, 
you know, what, what was the impact of this? And he said 119 people were detained through enhanced interrogation techniques. And the CIA admitted about a quarter of them shouldn't have even been detained. Yeah. So it, Obviously, about, they shouldn't have been tortured because it didn't fucking work, too. Right. So about 30 people tortured for literally no reason. For being in the Middle East, probably. Yeah. Which is super fucked up. And then we jump a little bit to 2013, where this report has stalled for several years. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's been working on it, but really they've kind of, they went back and forth. The Obama administration didn't want to push on it because they wanted to have this postpartisan approach. They didn't want to blame the Bush administration for for this the cia had a new director and they basically asked him point blank do you think the cia should be held responsible for this and he said yes yeah but then he also obstructs all of that later so i mean mean, even in like 2011 he talks about why they aren't saying anything about it and they basically say that that the reason behind not saying anything at this point is because it's 2011 we're getting ready for an election for president obama like this this won him a re-election right capturing bin laden and the fact that the cia did it and you know it's it's his cia yeah like is... tainting that would would ruin his re-election yeah yeah so they go to the uh yeah they they appoint this new cia director and they kind of start to open up the report and the CIA kind of wants to give their perspective on it, basically. Right. So they start meeting with Dan Jones and kind of go back and forth, and they say, we disagree with you saying that the interrogation was ineffective, and blah, 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 blah. And he basically argues, your own people said it was ineffective. Yeah. They didn't want any part of it because they knew it wasn't effective. And then, yeah, again, uh, Feinstein questions... You know, who, you know, where did this start? Who, who was involved? And it's these two Air Force psychologists who, again, he, he details they didn't have experience and they get, they got $80 million and were, you know, able to keep saying, yeah, it's working. Yeah, it's working. Yeah, because they get to decide if it's working or not, which also made no sense. So he, he's getting super frustrated by all of this, but the john ham who at this point in the obama administration is chief of staff previously he had he he basically is the one that told dan jones to go get experience and intelligence because he wanted to be part of uh, his staff i think he was working for a senator back in the early 2000s name's mcdonough even though it would be interesting for john ham to be chief of staff (laughs) (laughs) when i'm president john ham will be chief of staff no, he has a really interesting quote on this 7,000-page report. I won't say any more. We'll just play it right here. Stan, get out of the senator's head about the CIA. You're not doing yourself any favors. Have you read the report? It's 7,000 pages, Stan. The Bible tells the history of mankind in less than that. Look, buddy, we're going to get the CIA to sit down with you. Tell you their side of the story. It would help if you would listen. So, yeah, he's basically like, no one's read your fucking report because it's insane. 
but uh, the CIA is going to read it and they're going to talk to you about it. Like, this is the position of the Obama administration, basically. That you and the CIA need to hash this out and then we can release something. Yeah. Which, again, seems fucking insane because it's like, you are allowing the CIA, I get there's national security, but you're allowing the CIA to determine what goes into a report about CIA wrongdoing. Yeah, I mean, because, yeah, we even see scenes with McDonough and, and Brennan where he's like, yeah, if, if there's anything you think endangers your agents out there you can remove it but and then like, the lawyers he just go, gets to decide whatever the lawyers decides. literally a team of lawyers sits down and they say if there's any question just black it out yeah so they come back with the report and it's fucking insane it's over 50 percent of it is blacked out they basically black out every name including aliases which they go to trouble to make up fake names and everything and that's like oh we can't have fake names in there yeah I mean, there's pages that are literally completely blacked out. There's nothing left on the page. Well, I think that was what he brought up, KSM. Yeah. And he's like, he shows up a page and it's just black. No, I like when he walks into the room with, um, I forgot who, who it was, but he's like, what if blank turned water into wine? What if blank... He's talking to Feinstein, I think. Yeah. No, I think it's it's her advisor lady. Okay, right? yeah, yeah, I didn't catch her name. What if blank, uh, like, walked across water? What if blank, like, fed these people? It's like, how do you know these are all the same people? Right. I also like that that also comes up after his thing's already been compared to being longer than the Bible. Yeah. Like well, biblical references. After this, this is when it jumps to when he... Well, basically the beginning of the movie. When he is actually sneaking this document out of the CIA. So this, this is never cleared up as well. He gets some document from the cia that the cia didn't give him yeah i don't know how he He, he's not a hacker he he didn't have access to he says they must have screwed up or else they have a whistleblower who snuck it in to their documents and i guess that makes sense but basically he gets this document and takes it out of the cia this is when you know he goes by the security guard and he asks him if he has anything and he's just like good night yeah (laughs) Uh, and he puts it in a safe and uh, locks it away. And then the CIA gets word of it? I forget no, what no, happened. No, no, no. What is happens is uh, they're in, like, another, like, Senate meeting, right, with the committee. Like, the actual, like, yeah. Senate. And then uh, I guess he told the other senator about what was in the report. Right, it's a Senate he brings it up hearing the... or something a little yeah, more Yeah, for, uh, for getting a nuke. Director or commissioner or somebody? Yeah, I think maybe it is the appointment of Brennan as uh, director of CIA. Uh, yeah, so this other senator, I didn't catch his name either. Not Feinstein. Uh, Udall. That's right. Yeah. So he basically, he asks a really pointed question about how like, they admitted to some stuff and then lied about it later. And then what she thinks about that. Oh, right, right. That's not the appointment of Brennan. That's the appointment of the lawyer. I forgot her name. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Played, played by, by Jennifer, Jennifer Morrison. Morrison yeah. But basically, he asks an extremely pointed question that catches them in this lie, basically. She doesn't have an answer to it. And then right after that, that's when we see the scene with uh, the CIA breaking into the Senate's secret room there. Right. This is in the CIA building, but they have literally told Dan Jones... No one will go in this room unless you authorize them. Yeah, officially... It is the Senate's room. Yeah. 
the CIA is literally spying on the Senate if they go in there. Yeah. Which they do. Yep. And they turn on his computer and he just left the document up, which I love, but... I mean, I guess, he, they're not supposed to go in there. Whatever, yeah. Still, this is why you always at least close all the windows, people. Um, shut down. Shut down your computer. Log save out. power. Yeah. And so they start to bring an investigation against Dan Jones, which is why he goes to the lawyer, played by Corey Stoll from House of Cards fame, uh, and a few other things. But he's, Bad again... Bad man He's he's again the guy at the beginning who kind of is questioning Dan Jones about you relocated this this document. And, and he and says you stole that. it, and he's like, no, no, I relocated it. And it's like your your terminology doesn't matter. But I don't understand the advice he gave him. He's basically like, you don't have a legal problem. I can't, you know, you don't need a lawyer. I'm not going to help you with this. Well, yeah, because he basically says like, let's talk about my retainer. After he asks him how much he makes, he's like, I make about a hundred grand a year, and he's like, oh, my retainer's thirty. And if then it goes to that, trial at a zero. Yeah, so like he cannot afford this lawyer. Right. And then he basically explains that he, the issue right now is that Dan Jones knows about this and he's a fucking pain in their ass. But if he gets more sunlight on the issue, he brings it out in the open more, they can't really focus right, on right. it anymore. He says you don't have a legal issue, you have a sunlight issue. Yeah. Okay. I mean, fair enough. Yeah, because they were basically... He was the only one that knew all this, and they thought if they could shut him up, yeah, then they it could, goes away. Yeah, they could bury it, yeah. So um, he contacts his, his friend, or I guess contact at the New York Times? Yes, played by Matthew Reese, also a very good actor of the Americans fame. And Reese comes back at one point and basically says, before you were put on any of this... Well, that happens later. Like, this time, at this point, it's basically just, hey... I got like a story for you. It's about the agency. Oh right, right, yeah. Hacking he, 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 and he, the Senate. He le- he very vaguely leaks some information, and then um, Feinstein finds out about it, and she says, "Like you know how I feel about Snowden," basically accusing him of being, you know, Snowden light. Yeah. And he's like, "I know how you feel about leaks. Do you want my resignation?" <laughs> basically admitting to it. She's like, "No." And then they're at the Democratic Caucus? Uh, I think so. That's when John Hamm comes back in, again, as chief of staff. And basically a handful of senators are like, we need to talk about this report. And he's like, no, no, this isn't the point of that caucus. Uh, The Democrats have just lost control of the senate or or a week away from that happening basically and so a bunch of them are like this makes the light of day before the republicans can shutter it yeah well one of the senators that has lost his seat basically goes like yeah i'm only gonna be here it's udall yeah he's like if you guys don't bring it up i will literally just read the entire report on the senate floor which would have been awesome honestly (laughs) that would have been badass so and, and there's a quote in here about one of the senators basically says that the position of this administration is going to be to just suppress information and not punish those people responsible. And the chief of staff is like, no. And then they get into a whole thing about, uh, well, let's just listen to that quote because it's, it's pretty good. Our country did things the Nazis did, things that made us condemn other regimes. And the position of this administration is to suppress this information to keep the people who did these things safe? I can assure you that is not 
the position of this administration, Senator. You worked with John Brennan at the National Security Council. And I understand that Brennan gave this president his first security briefing when he took office. And now CIA Director Brennan is working closely with the president on the drone program. And then, yeah, so he compares us to the Nazis. Yeah, I mean, that, that's pretty horrible. <laughs> but then they go into basically how politics are played in, like, Brennan was named in the report, and then, you know, he helped give the first security briefing to Obama, and now he's the director of the CIA. Like, you know, clearly some favors were kind of handed back and forth there, and maybe that's why the report isn't released. And then Ham basically, uh, Ham, uh, McDonough McDonough. basically (sighs) talks about how we can't do anything about this because if we do this, what if the Republicans come after us and repeal uh, the Affordable Care Act that they worked so hard to pass? Or what if they do this and then the CIA is like, okay, well, now we're not going to help you out with the immigration reform. And then like basically showing how in order to function in the way our democracy works here, it is in the best interest to not bring this report up. Yeah, and you have to trade favors for favors and just kind of partisan bullshit. How everything's fucked, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, it ends on a good note. Uh, Feinstein basically says, no, we're going to release this. So they release the summary, 400-page summary or something, not the 7,000. Yeah, because no one's going to read the 7,000. I mean, I'm curious about it, but I don't see myself reading 7,000 pages. Oh, I'd never read all of it, but... But, yeah, it'd be cool I, to get I, it. I wish it was public because people would... Somebody would skim tear, and get yeah. us the, the good parts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, whatever, they make that public, I guess, and, you know, not all his work is for naught, but the end of the movie is he's running uh, on the mall, and it, it's just an overlay of, in 2015... Uh, McCain and Feinstein basically had this amendment that Obama signed banning enhanced interrogation, but no one who was ever involved in it was ever charged. No, they were given promotions. Well, yeah, one of them is the director of the CIA. Yeah. Was the director of the CIA. And of course nothing happened to the two fucking psychopaths because they had an indemnification clause. That basically made them impossible to sue for any of this. And they also had $80 million well, yeah, and that were too. in a private jet at the end of the movie, so... I mean, that that part's fake for sure, but just to make them seem more horrible, those two guys basically talk about, oh, I saved the rag that we started the waterboarding with. We should sell that on eBay for a lot of money. Yeah, that was a little over the top, but... <laughs> yeah, so this movie's a great... Great way to boost your confidence in the political system as we go into an election year. Uh, outside of that, though, I did really enjoy the movie. It, it, was, uh, it was very it was... interesting, but it jumped a lot. And it was, like I said, I know a little bit about the government and some of these acronyms and shit that they use. And having already seen Zero Dark Thirty, I knew kind of parts of the movie. But holy shit, was it confusing to me. So, good luck. Yeah. I mean, I think that's part of it, though, because, like, the government is goddamn confusing to the average person. You ever try to keep track of, like, bills and stuff? I can't do my taxes, dude. I don't. (laughs) I don't think most people can do their taxes. But, yeah. I I liked it, though. It was enjoyable. I mean, it's it's a lot more solemn, and uh, you end the movie kind of 
sad that this was allowed to happen for so fucking long. I mean, it just reminded me of the big short, like, some really bad shit happened that could have destroyed democracy, or in the case of the big short, destroyed our economy. But it, nothing really came of it. Like, it's still probably happening. Yeah. So, yeah, if you want to lose your faith in our government, go ahead and watch this. But I mean, No, it's very interesting. And I think people should watch it. I think it's important. People have faith in the government? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, anyways, do we have anything else to say on this? Uh, no, I mean, the quality of the Amazon movies has been pretty good. Uh, I know we tore apart aeronauts because the story was garbage and no but production this, values were good on that and movie. this story was all over the place but the production values of vo- both were very good this had a lot of recognized actors you know it didn't have special effects and stuff like aeronauts did but altogether was very good quality well, i feel like netflix does a lot of like just make any fucking movie possible yeah i, I still think amazon, amazon is, is higher quality in some of that good movies theoretically like Things that should be good movies. And their, show, their shows as well are pretty high quality. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, Amazon doesn't have the volume, but usually they do pretty well. It gives me confidence for Lord of the Rings, which is my most anticipated series going forward, probably. I'm still excited for Wheel of Time, man. I don't know what that is. It's going to be awesome. It's it's fantasy with some like Asian elements in it. It's cool. When is that coming out? I have no idea. I think they're still casting. Okay. Yeah. So probably even after Lord of the Rings, which I think is 2022, so... That might not make it on a podcast anytime soon, but uh, we have uh, Altered Carbon 1 and 2. We're going to do Lock and Key. We're going to do, uh, oh, the pilot of Mythic Quest, which is going to be on Apple TV. Because I think they're still doing weekly releases for their episodes, right? What else did, yeah, Apple and TV, we're just going to do pilots for, really, because we don't want to They don't, don't, don't do full season releases, yeah. Yeah, we don't uh, want to wait. And then Hunters. Right, back to Amazon. Uh, that's about a month away, I think. So, Or no, that comes out soon, but we just don't have time to record. There's suddenly an influx of a there, bunch yeah, of there's stuff. There's actually stuff to watch that's new. So go watch all those shows and stuff and try to catch up with us. We'll try to binge watch a bunch of them and do recordings and let you guys know. And if there's any other shows that we somehow have missed that you guys want us to cover, let us know in the comments on social media on any of our posts. All right. right. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to our podcast. You can find us on all the popular social media sites at StreamablePod and listen to the podcast on your favorite platforms. Please be sure to subscribe and leave us a review.